So we are in a very celebratory mood this morning. This is a great time of year. I love this time of year. And, and I love like those first signs of it showing up, you know, which it seems like it's creeping more and more and more. It's like September. You're starting to see it. But I, I love those first like flickers and the first signs that you know that Christmas is coming, that we're like entering into that season. Um, and Christmas lights are, are one of the first things. So you see like downtown and the lights are starting to go up and the different uh, storefronts are starting to decorate and the Christmas lights going up, flickering those, those first lights of hope that, that it's on its way. Um, even as you made your way down the hallway today, as you, as you got about probably halfway down, you could start to see the Christmas lights hanging here. And, and, and you're like, oh, man, something, something's happening, right? And it's this reminder that the season is here, and so over the next several weeks, we're going to be um, talking about those first signs of the arrival. Okay, the first signs of the arrival, these signs of Advent, that through the Advent season, season leading up to the arrival of Christ, we are seeing these flickers of hope and, and these these signs that that we that catch us and, and that we are catching that tell us that it's on its way, that it's almost here. Okay, that's what we're going to be uh, studying together and, and exploring together over these next few weeks. Real quick, I want to remind you tonight, wide open, everyone is invited. We're having a Christmas party at our house, and it's going to be a good time, and we're really excited about it. And our address is going to come up here on the screen, so feel free to jot that down if you want to and, and come on over. If you need a ride, email me, and we'll work that out. It's just Matt at lovechapelhill.com, okay? So email me, and we would love to find a ride for you. Everyone's invited. We'd love to have you guys come and hang out with us. So don't worry about bringing anything except yourself and a friend, okay? And $50. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. Um, so, yeah, all right. Here we go. Cool. So we would really love to have you there. It's going to be a wild party, okay? The cheer wine and Swiss Miss will be flowing, all right? It'll be great. Okay. Um, so come, come hang out with us. All right, here we go. This morning we're going to be diving into Luke chapter 1, one of the most famous passages about the Christmas story. Um, so this is, this is where we're headed. Father, help us this morning as we celebrate this time and really this time in between uh, of where we are looking with longing towards your arrival, towards that moment that we've been waiting for. I pray that you would help us through the passage this morning catch that glimpse of just the thrill that it must have been to hear those first signs that you were coming, that you were on your way, that after so long of waiting, that after generations of expecting and anticipation, you finally have come. And so as we celebrate that this morning, our hearts are just full of it. We're just excited to be here. We're excited about this time of year. But I pray that you would help us just to catch that glimpse, that that excitement would continue, that we would feel that thrill of your arrival and just the beauty of what that means. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, Luke chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at the story of Mary this morning. Um, One of the things that we're going to highlight each week here is we're going to look at uh, particular songs that show up as this sign of the arrival 
of Christ, okay? And, and it's really interesting to see this. All the way through Scripture, we see these songs that begin to break out um, in anticipation and with the excitement of his coming. And that's one of the first signs that we have of the season as well. Along with the Christmas lights, you know it when you start to hear the songs, you know? And we probably all have our favorite song <coughs> that when we hear it, we're like, Okay, it's officially the season now, right? And it's not until we first hear that song. What, what are some of your favorite Christmas songs? What are the ones that you wait for? Let's hear them. Joy to the world. That's a good one, Felix. I like that one. Jingle bells. All right. You know it's here when you hear that. Yeah. What else? Mm-hmm. That's a great one, Silent Night. What else? Say what? White Christmas. There you go. It's good. It's a classic. Silver bells. Good. Say what? <laughs> That's the one I was waiting for. Thank you, Felix. Always count on Felix. Sweet. That's great. Cool. For me, it's Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC, but that's a whole nother story. All right. Cool. So we have those songs that we're waiting for them, and when we hear them, and they start to get stuck in our head, and we're walking around, and we're humming it, and like a couple years ago, James Taylor, my favorite ever, came out with a Christmas CD, so it's like on repeat during this time of year for me. Um, But we hear those songs, they get stuck in our heads, we sing them, they're in our hearts, and that is the sign, you're like, man, it's, it's here, it's coming, right? And those songs begin to break out. Same thing is happening through Scripture. Last week, our friend John Beckling shared with us, and and he highlighted the story of Isaiah, and Isaiah's um, uh, the prophecy of Isaiah that that Jason was also mentioning here, and, and that beautiful that beautiful language where he says, "The people living in darkness have seen a great light; on those living in the valley of the shadow, a light has dawned." That is beautiful. That is beautiful. There's a great preacher named Fleming Rutledge who says, Advent begins in the dark. Advent begins in the dark. But you know that the season is coming when you begin to see those first flickers of light where the, where the dark sky begins to turn that slightest shade of gray. And you know that it's coming where you look out and over the hill, you see that sliver of light making its way up over. And you know that the dawn is on its way. That is what Advent is about. It begins in the dark, but it begins to swell with the promise that the people living in darkness have seen a great light. That's poetic, the lyrical words of Isaiah. And this morning we're going to look at Mary's song and a song that she sings in response to the incredible news. Not only that the Messiah is coming, but believe it or not, the Messiah is coming through her. Amazing. What a beautiful, beautiful thought. So here we go. Uh, Chapter 1, starting with verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be, as most of us would be, right? But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You have found favor 
with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name. First time it's mentioned in history. You are to give him the name. Jesus. Beautiful. Beautiful. He will be the great. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. One of the things that that is compelling to me about scripture is, is that here Mary comes onto the scene and we know nothing about her. We know family connections and that's it. We know she's engaged to be married to Joseph, who is a descendant of David. So that's the connection that we know about her, King David. Um, And and so there's not much character development that goes on here in the gospel story with Mary. We don't watch her as a child and and see the signs of her growing up of, oh, I can see greatness in her. One day God's going to use her to do great things. Scripture does that with other characters. Moses, we get a lot of character development we see from his birth. We see um, the way he's raised, and, and we can see those signs of what he's going to become down the road. Same with David. We can see signs from his youth of what's going to happen with him. But Mary, she just comes on the scene, and the first thing we know about her is that God chooses her to be the mother of the Messiah. What is Mary's resume here? What's her background? What are these characteristics that make her worthy of that? We don't get that story at all. And really, through the Gospels, that's the way it works. Normally, we pick most people's stories up somewhere around five minutes B.C., okay? Like, like just right before Jesus enters the picture. And the same with Mary. We just pick her up right before she's being told about the birth of Jesus that's going to happen through her. What is her resume? What's, what's the thing that makes her worthy for this? What is it about her that caught God's eye? And captured God's heart that he would have favor on her like that. What is it? We don't know anything. But, but we do see a major um, message right here in verse 36. Um, where it says her, or 38, sorry, where it says her answer. When she's told this. Her answer is, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. What is it that captured God's heart and caught God's eye about her that would pour this favor out? It's nothing that Mary has done in herself. But Mary has this posture of humility about her life. And this, this, this natural ingrained movement of submission and surrender to God's will. What a response 
What a response. Mary understood from the start what a great privilege this was, but she also knew she was a virgin and what this was going to mean. How was she going to explain this? What would this kind of shame would this bring upon her, upon her family, upon Joseph? We, we talk all the time around Christmas about the miracle of the virgin birth, but we can't overlook the scandal of the virgin birth. This was a huge scandal. But she doesn't ask questions about about that, like what's going to happen to my name or anything like that. She asks one question, and it's a logistical one, all right? How is this going to be? You know, there's something you might need to know about me, right? (laughs) Other than that, her response is humble submission. Here's the thing. A lot of times we are looking for a big break, aren't we? Like, what do I have to do to get God to, like, give me my big break, to use me to do something great? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? You are never more poised for greatness than when you embrace humility. You are never more poised for greatness than when you embrace humility because that is when you are reflecting the true heart of God. All through Mary's life or, or through Mary's response here and then all through the life of Jesus, we see this tangled idea of glory and humility tangled up together. You are never more poised for greatness than when you embrace humility. Let your heart move and beat with submission and surrender like Mary's did. So it tells us then, That with this news, Mary goes to the the cousin that is mentioned here, the relative that's mentioned, Elizabeth. And it tells us that Elizabeth is is old and for, for generations and generations, she's been praying for a child. And she and her husband, Zechariah, have been unable to have children. We're going to talk about their story next week, so we're not going to get too in-depth with that. But, but Elizabeth is a miracle in herself on the opposite end of the spectrum. Mary, because she's pregnant as a virgin, and, and Elizabeth, because she's pregnant in her old age when she's been barren for all these years. And so these miracles on opposite ends of the spectrum. Mary goes to her, and, and it says that, that Elizabeth is already in her sixth month, and when, when Mary arrives and speaks to Elizabeth, it says that the child in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy when he hears the voice of Mary. And Elizabeth says, blessed are you, Mary, among women. Blessed are you. There's no one like you that God has blessed like you. And Mary responds to this whole, to all of this with a song. And out of her heart pours this song. And here's what it says, starting with verse 46. Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thought. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. So in response to all of this, Mary lets out this song from the bottom of her heart. 
and this song of rejoicing as she's overcome. And echoing in Mary's song is a song of generations and generations and generations of the people of Israel. And they are rejoicing now that the Savior is on his way, that the Savior is almost here. In Mary's words, you can hear the idea of expecting. Expecting. That's a great word to describe Mary on multiple levels. Okay, obviously we have this teenage virgin now expecting a child. But that's a small picture of what is happening in a much bigger realm. And she is representative of of the nation of Israel and really all of creation. As scripture tells us that creation groans as with the pains of childbirth waiting for the arrival of the Messiah, waiting for the fulfillment of God's promise. And she's reflecting the spirit that, that goes all the way through the nation of Israel, a spirit of expecting, expecting. They had never given up hope, even after all of those generations and generations of waiting. And she's overcome with the thrill that finally now it is here. Finally now it is here. What are you expecting? What are you hoping for? What are you waiting for? What are you hoping God is going to do? What promise are you waiting for God to come through on? The story of Mary tells us that the kindness of God works on so many levels. That even as he answers the prayers of this entire nation, he does it in a way that blesses incredibly this one single person. And that's the way God works. He works on this intimate, personal level as well as the larger picture. And Mary understands that. Mary's overcome. And her response is humble rejoicing. Humble rejoicing because of the favor of God on her life. The favor of God. Of God on her life. Mary's story reminds us. In several different ways. First of all. Even though we just pick up her story. With very little past whatsoever. The story reminds us. That it's not so much about who we were before. But it's about who we are. Once we encounter Jesus Christ. And God is not so concerned. With the way that you might have wasted your past as he is with the way that he is going to redeem your future. Be encouraged by that. Mary's story reminds us to be expecting, to be hopeful that God's promises will come through. And Mary's story reminds us that the favor of God is such a rich blessing, but it's a gift of grace. It's nothing that we have done to earn it. It's simply a gift of his grace to us and don't sit around there just waiting for your big moment let your heart rise and fall with the movement of submission and surrender like mary's did you are never more poised for greatness than when you embrace humility it's the story of mary her song lets us know that jesus is on his way and when we hear it it's one of the signs of the season that jesus is coming And we are encouraged in our waiting and we are expectant in our hope.
God, thank you so much for the blessing of this season. Even as we stand next to this, this candle that's lit, it's a reminder that even though Advent begins in the dark, this season is about the light that begins to break through it, the dawn that begins to cut through the night that we thought was so heavy and dark that we'd never see the end of it. But here it is. Here it is, two small flickers right now of hope, but it's hope to hang on to. And we know that you are coming and we trust your promises and our hearts are expectant. It's in your name we pray. Amen.